I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk, now. Hello, and welcome to The Watch's Emmy preview. My name is Chris Ryan. Oh, my name's Andy Greenwald. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I thought you were gonna introduce me. Andy, we're here to talk about the 2016 Emmy Awards, and, you know, I think the Oscars, we know what that's all about. Every year, the best movies that come out are are celebrated at the Oscar Awards, and there's a new set of movies every year. It's very convenient. Right. At the Grammys, whether or not you care about the actual awards, you're guaranteed to see some interesting performances. Why do the Emmys matter? Why do they matter? Yeah, because I feel like we have hit a point where peak television, yeah. there's 400 scripted shows or whatever on TV right now. How do the Emmys wrap their arms around that? Well, I think there are two points to be made. One, I think of all the award shows, I think the Emmys are the closest to relevance, or at least reflecting what a lot of people enjoy watching. Yes. Every year we go through this with the Oscars where the nominees generally are not the same things as the biggest uh, biggest grossing films of the year. Or even the most critically appraised, appraised films. Yeah. Right. So there's always a big argument over including more, including less, who's making these decisions. I think the Emmys generally celebrate shows that people like or are excited about talking about when they are happening and when people are excited about them. I mean, the best drama last year was Game of Thrones, which obviously you and I are very engaged in, but so are I'm sorry, what's that? huge swaths the, of the, the world. The, the Game of the Thrones. You should check it out. Yeah. It's about castles and swords. <laughs> uh, the other argument to be made is I think the Emmys this year really did something impressive, and I don't know whether it was because they changed the makeup of the Academy or whether people took their jobs more seriously or more op in a more open-minded way. But I was really floored by the nominations this year because in addition to obviously big series like Game of Thrones and Modern Family getting the expected nominations. Ga game of Thrones. You should check okay. it out. It's a really fun game. <laughs> okay. It's about chairs. Is there, is there any incest in it? Like a, like a, a, a soup song. Okay. Just enough to make you happy <laughs> and to keep the, the parents thrilled. Um, so I think in addition to the, the shows that we expected to be there, um, Game of Thrones and Modern Family, the bigger shows on television, the Emmys really did a remarkable job throwing their arms to around t television to capture the breadth of where TV is today. Um, there were really surprising, like really, really drilled down nominations that I would never have expected to see. Obviously, I'm a big partisan of the Americans on FX. Never thought it would break through. Got a number of nominations this year. Mr. Robot, new shows aren't generally uh, recognized by the Emmys. Yeah. It usually takes a few years. Mr. Robot's first season nominated multiple times uh, on Sunday's awards. But also smaller, quirkier nominations, like Louis Anderson in a supporting role for Baskets. Yeah. Niecy Nash on, on Getting On. Constance Zimmer, your girl. I love Connie. For Unreal. Yeah. These are starting to sound more like critics' top 10 picks or critics' nomination picks than what you'd think of in the Emmys. So I think the important thing to remember about Sunday night's awards is the awards are really kind of the end of the story. The nominations yeah, to me are a little bit more. Yeah, they're a mile marker. I think that that's what people are kind of reacting to sometimes, is that the conversation around television and just like the furious pace of production of television is such that we talk about this on our podcast all the time where you can barely keep up with the release schedule of shows much less properly anoint shows for winning any awards or being yeah. award worthy that being said what's in it for a show to win an emmy well i think that the metrics and the economics of tv are changing so rapidly that people kind of can't keep up okay. but there are still some benchmarks that matter ratings don't matter unless they get good ratings in which case they do uh, Emmys are still something that these companies value very, very highly. Um, so for Netflix to get nominated uh, for Best Comedy this year, for example, for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Netflix likes making Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a funny show. It is not a world-changing show, but they like being in business with Tina Fey and Robert Carlock. The fact that it gets nominated for Emmys, yeah. that keeps it on the air. Upstart networks like FX, like Netflix, Netflix not Upstart as in they're new, but no. networks that are still trying to establish themselves against HBO's, CBS's, it, it still yeah. matters in terms of the prestige and in terms of what they invest in, in terms of how they carry themselves and attract other talent 
to the network yeah. to be a part of it. But you were right in pointing out that the metrics have dramatically changed. A couple years ago, I would have said the only thing that would guarantee the Americans getting five or six seasons would be if it finally got some Emmy sure, love. Of course. Before the Emmy nominations even came out this year, FX announced that it was going to renew the show for a fifth and Did sixth they and final know? season. That's the, the people versus <laughs> they the Nielsen. Knew. <laughs> when did they know? Um, so all of it is in flux, but people still think these things are very, 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 very important. Okay. Well, let's get to the actual uh, awards and the nominations themselves. We're going to start. We're going to go through each of the major categories for shows and for acting, and we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of major storylines you should expect from Sunday night's show. And we'll start with best drama. And Andy, a couple of familiar titles here and a couple of newcomers. Yeah. So we have Game of the Thrones, which I hear is an excellent program. Yeah. And that's on HBO. You should check it Fantastic. out. Fantastic. House of Cards, Netflix, Downton Abbey from the Public Broadcasting Service. Yeah. Better Call Saul, AMC, Mr. Robot, which is on the USA Network, Homeland, and of course, The Americans on FX. This is, to me, in some ways, this is the least interesting category. And it's interesting that it's so uninteresting. Right. You were talking about how the Emmys could possibly get their arms around the, just the scope of television. What we're seeing here is how they're trying to, and also by doing so, highlighting the lack of a consensus show, basically. Yeah. There were a couple years where one show was not only clearly better than other shows in the category, it was also clearly more popular, more dominant in the culture. And then, you know, so going from the West Wing, say, to Mad Men, sure. to Breaking Bad... This year, it's kind of not like that. So we get this weird potpourri of shows, some of which are deserving, some of which are more reflective of an older voter voting block. Yeah. So, I mean, let's... <laughs> which show could you possibly be talking about Well, I about actually there? mean more than one. I mean, I think that... Uh, I think Downton Abbey, obviously. By the way, spoiler, spoiler possibility here. Because much like the Oscars, like, uh, you know, Fellowship of the Ring won Best Picture Oscar, they like bringing things to a close right. here. Downton Abbey's final season. So this is actually worth mentioning for our viewers who don't know this. The Emmys honor a very specific time period yes. in the, the television year. It can often be And it's be supposed confusing. to be the one that traditionally, I think, was a fall to spring kind of you know, cycle of television yeah. where the shows would come back in the fall, there would be sweeps, and then there would be the shows would all end around, around the spring. It's all very genteel, almost yeah, exactly. like the Dowager Countess <laughs> much, had designed much it. Much like Downton Abbey. This is honor, in honor of Downton Abbey, which I feel like ended five and a half years ago, but it was probably just at well, some point last summer. Our interest in it ended five I was or six years ago. super busy last because summer. Because so, we yeah. were big cousin Matthew stands. <laughs> yeah. And once he was gone, we were gone too. The Emmy eligibility period for the 2016 Emmys was June 1st, 2015. Gotcha. Until May 31st, 2016. And further complicating that is to be eligible for this Sunday night, you had to begin airing a season prior to that date. So... Game of Thrones that is, I'm sorry to bring it up again, I know it's an obscure show, <laughs> but the reason, the season that is eligible on Sunday is the most recent season. It right. is season six. Yes. Uh, even though it didn't finish that season until after the eligibility date. Right. So that's why you have the most recent season. But Battle season. of the Bastards is up for a writing award. That's right. Correct. Okay. That's why you have the most recent season of Game of Thrones up against last season of Mr. Robot. I, in, incidentally, I know that Downton Abbey is over. But Do, Are you sure? I think with its success with Emmy voters, what if they just... Just said it kept going, and it was just like, you know, people reacting poorly to the invention of the Beatles. And for, and Maggie Smith never ages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's always there. She's just like, what is this? The Beatles. Would people That's be upset if they a new suitor arrived in a Tesla with a cell phone and everyone <laughs> inside the house was still exactly the same? I don't think it would make any difference. Um, anyway, we're, we're we're looking at this category. I am thrilled to see the Americans here. Sure I think you it's are. the best drama on TV. I'm so happy that it's nominated. It has no chance in hell of winning. Um, I think that if you look at these, that you could make these sort of factional arguments for any one of these shows. Um, even Homeland, which is the other one I was going to say is representative of an older viewership. 
I think this is Game of Thrones' award to lose. It's Game yet of Thrones' award. So we, we both think Game of Thrones will win. I think Mr. Robot should win. I think that first season of Mr. Robot is about as perfect as a television season as you can create. I agree. And it would be very interesting to note that if it does win, um, A, it would be an enormous upset. Partly because I think the it, I don't think it will win because the voting period coincided with Mr. Robot's second season, which has not nearly been uh, as warmly received. Right. But I also think it, the Emmys still want to be the Emmys, and they still want to be kind of the arbiter of what matters and what's serious. And Mr. Robot won at the Golden Globes. More, right. You know, and Golden Globes always likes the flashier, newer thing because everyone in the room is drunk. Sure. The the Rachel Bloom, the like the the, the they like to like give like a maybe get in a little early. Or they get people. in a little yeah. early. The Emmys traditionally get in a little late. This category suggests that there's a little bit of a conflict in the voting block, but Game of Thrones is the only thing we have left that's close to a consensus show, and I think it wins. So one of the things, the trends that we've noticed in television, aside from the various new streaming platforms, all the different places you can find television these days, is the changing of what a television show is, right? Mm. Like, air quotes. Uh, since True Detective, we've seen, and Black, Black Mirror, we've seen an explosion of anthology or limited series yeah. where it's eight episodes, they can traditionally... Uh, they, they typically can attract much heavier talent, bigger bigger names, because it's a less less of a commitment. You're not signing up for 22 episodes of The Good Wife. You can just do eight episodes of, say, The People versus O.J. Simpson. And if we were talking about the changing financials in the industry, these things make sense now. Before, the best model to make money long-term on TV was to create something that could run for multiple seasons. Yeah. You develop the interest, you develop the fan base, and you keep them coming back again and again. Now, since all these networks, whether they're online streaming or over the top or whatever, they're devoted to making content libraries. Right. So even if you only make one True Detective, and I would argue maybe you shouldn't have made any True Detectives, but even if you only made one, Come on now. the one that you liked, yeah. that would live forever in the HBO I'm starting universe. to come back around on season two. Are you really? That's, time? that's for another entirely other Fun video fact, series. not nominated for any Emmys this year. <laughs> um, that, to your point about the idea of, of, you know, you usually you would only go with a series if you could have multiple seasons of right. it. It's interesting. Keep an eye on these limited series that we're going to talk about because a lot of them have something, something, colon, something. The thing that happens before the colon, the American crime story, the whatever it is, that's the important piece of intellectual property for these networks. And yep. you wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of these shows have other lives as different stories going forward. Right. Well, so, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Almost all the ones in this category have other... And the Night Manager stands out. We'll go through the list, but it's the only one that isn't going that hasn't already been in existence or isn't coming back again. Yeah, but you... I mean, but, almost they could have had John le Carre Mysteries presents... The Night Manager. From your lips to the God <laughs> to of television's God's ears. ears. All right, nominated for limited series. And I think it's worth noting, I think you and I both agree that this category is a lot more interesting than the drama category. Yes, for These sure. feel like a lot more what people care about on TV this year. ABC's American Crime, FX's Fargo, AMC's Night Manager, FX's The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and History Channel's Roots remake. This is a really big category yeah. in a category that for a long time was sort of overlooked. Roots, I think it's worth noting, was enormously popular and enormously well-received. Um, Night Manager, I mean, did more for the sale of blousy linen shirts in oh the man's God. category yeah. than just about anything. And will be looked at as, along with High Rise, as the last pre-Hiddle uh, Swift document. I think yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, R.I.P. all of our hearts. American Crime is kind of a prestige thing for ABC because they're just thrilled to be in the conversation. So few of the old networks are even in these categories at this point. And it's one of the more interesting experiments of these series because it's essentially taking a repertory theater and trying out different stories each year with Felicity Huffman. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's taking the American Horror Story model, because um, yeah. that often has the same cast, too, sure. but bringing it to a network with John Ridley writing it. Yeah. Uh, Oscar nominee John Ridley. So it's a worthy show, but I think you and I both agree this is a two 
show race. And Juice! It really, and it kind of really isn't even a race at all. Look, I, we both love Fargo. I think Fargo season two was kind of a, a masterpiece. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to bow down to what's coming at you. And this has been the year of OJ. I, not that it yeah. doesn't fill me with great joy to say that. But between was kind of the year Ezra of Ezra Edelman's documentary and the miniseries yeah. here, this limited series, it's been the sort of primary talking point in popular culture this year. This will be the night of OJ at the Emmys. I, I'm pretty confident that People vs. OJ Simpson is winning this category and many of the categories it's nominated in. If I could just take a moment to make the case, I, I, if given the choice between something pulled from the headlines, a nonfiction story, and pure fiction, I'm always going to go pure fiction just for storytelling. Right. I think Fargo is representative of so much of what is great about TV in this era in terms of creativity, um, storytelling, just just taking chances and great performances this year too. It was one of the best things on TV in a, in a long time, better than season one. Um, but I think that you're right. I think that the, if the Emmys can echo zeitgeisty opinion and just excitement, people were really excited about the people. Yeah, and this is the cool thing about television. It's replaced a lot of other popular art forms, like probably even movies, Poetry. as the de facto water cooler conversation topic. Yeah. You come in on Monday, you talk about what was the big Sunday night television. And that was what was happening with OJ. Around conference tables, around lunch tables all across America. Around little podcasting tables. Yeah, everybody was talking about this. Everybody was reliving it in their minds. Everybody was reliving the Bronco chase and all the little details from this show, like the interruption of the NBA finals to David Schwimmer's performance, which became like this huge meme on the internet. It's just the show this year. It's interesting to note the beginning of, of our conversation today. You talked about how hard it is for shows to stand out, how, how hard it is for shows to get noticed by something like the Emmys. The lesson here seems to be, you know, grab a third rail of news and current events and things people are actually talking about to get back in the conversation because you're making a show about things that have never really left the conversation. Right. I think that's a really good lesson for, for networks going forward. It's one I worry they're going to abuse and steer and start to steer television away from the fictional long-form storytelling that we've come to, to enjoy. To grabbing the John Bonet kind of stories, right? And the John Bonet stories being made. Yeah, by multiple people, I think. Okay, Andy, let's go to the Comedy Series Award because I think you and I both agree, and this is something that a drum you've been beating for a while, is that it is within the 30-minute show, yeah. the 30-minute format, that the most interesting, creatively vibrant television is being made today. Now, the rules of what constitutes a comedy and not are a little bit Byzantine. Can you explain this them to me in bullet This is a little points? bit tricky, and I still think it's something that not everyone is happy with, because as you just said, I think that half-hour shows generally have been more emotionally rewarding yeah. in the last year or two than the hour-long shows. The best show on television right now is probably Atlanta, which is a perfect example of this. And Transparent, which is nominated in the comedy series uh, category this year, is as dramatic and as emotionally wrenching as anything that lasts 60 sure. minutes. Um, basically, in order to try to sort this out, um, the Emmys, first they made a, a, de- a designation that people have been beating the drum for for a while which was to say that dramas are an hour long, comedies are half hour long. But right. of course, nobody was completely satisfied with that. Um, particularly some shows like uh, Shameless and Orange is the New Black who felt that there were al- they were always going to get overlooked by the big hulking uh, prestige dramas of the right. day and had a better shot in the comedy category. And so the Emmy Academy then made a smaller panel where you could then petition to be considered in a different category. Okay. Last year, for example... Who's Jane- on the panel? That's, I want to know who's in the room. When did they know it? How did they know it? I think um, last year, the panel in its initial out, 
It, this it, is the cast of Shameless. What if it's the cast of Shameless? They're just patting themselves in the back Emmy of the room for 60 like, minutes. Chris, again! That's, that's who I've been talking about when we say Emmys this yeah, entire time. I know. I thought we were here. That's, isn't that what we're doing? Jane the Virgin and uh, Shameless and I think Glee were allowed to compete as comedies. Orange is the New Black, they brought the hammer down. No. You are a drama, Orange is the New Black. Uh, and I believe it was nominated last year. It was not nominated Correct. this year. Um, so these things are still amorphous and fluid, but they're trying their best to make them rigid. And so this is the comedy series category is a really fascinating uh, petri dish of shows that are the new model and shows that and are very, very much very traditional. The, okay, the so let's model. go through the comedy series nominees. You got Veep on HBO, the Transparent from Amazon, Silicon Valley, HBO, Modern Family, ABC, Master of None, Netflix, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Netflix, and Blackish on ABC. Can I just say this is an unimpeachable category? There are okay. other shows that could have been added to this mix, potentially, but all of these shows deserve to be here. I mean, I, I think that I'm not alone in saying Modern Family is probably past its sell-by date, but, and it's certainly it's, it's not at the but ratings peak that it was. network sitcoms right now is probably the gold standard. I think in terms of cons- its longevity and exactly. consistency, yeah. And that makes the category feel like the way the category used to Were feel you before a Modern shows Family like, fan? Yeah, I like Modern Family a lot, the first three seasons especially, and then it's got a little mean, right? Isn't that Did the consensus it? Side? I never thought that. It curdled a little bit. Am I the only one who thinks that? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, the point being, it's, I think it's not going to win. Veep finally broke its stranglehold yeah. on the nomination last year. Um, Can you explain to me at all why that happens, where there will be like basically a changing of the guard? I agree with you. I think Veep will win. I think Transparent should win because it's the best show in this category. I don't necessarily think it's the funniest show in this category or the best comedy. I, I, I think that Veep was really remarkable this year. I, think, I thought it was I, incredible. I yeah. think the transition from, show, from the creator, Armando Iannucci, to the new showrunner, David Mandel. I mean, shows can't pull that off and then right. basically still be at the same level, and yet somehow Veep did. I think that, uh, yeah, so I think Veep is going to win again. I would sort of love to see a big sea change happen with the Emmys in this category, whether that's Transparent winning or something like Master, Master of None, yeah. which is really just exceptional independent filmmaking and with such such uh, you know idiosyncratic voice, such an autorist vision, and such surprising content. It was a really triumphant season. But I could also see you make the argument, I couldn't see you make the argument, but I could see one make the argument for something like Blackish, which... The way Modern Family once was, I think, is the gold standard for network sitcom writing these days. It's, yeah. as, it's as funny and as dependable for jokes and for performance as Modern Family. But it and has it's a actually, little, and weirdly, it's weirdly traditional in the sense of the way it grapples with current events in a way that is familiar to sitcom fans. Yeah, so it's the Norman Lear tradition yeah. of social activism and social engagement with sitcoms. I think those are both incredibly rewarding and deserving shows. But everything in this category is deserving, probably except Modern Family, I think, Veep takes it again. Okay, let's get through these actor nominations. This is actually quite easy to breeze through because there's just a lot of consensus, I think, not only between us, but between who the Emmy, the Emmy is going to go I to. I got a wrench to throw at you for this first one. I though. can't wait. So, best actor in a drama. The nominees are Kyle Chandler for Bloodline, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese for The Americans, yes. Liev Schreiber for Ray Donovan, and Kevin Spacey for House of Cards. Okay, hear me out. I think this is the most wide open category of the entire night. Interesting. I think that the, in the same way when we looked at the drama series nominees and we had Game of Thrones sitting there to fall back on as like the obvious, well, at least there's one consensus show sure. here. There are no Game of Thrones actors in this category. 
Uh, I'm shocked the dude who plays the mountain didn't get it this year. I really <laughs> thought he had it coming, especially with that tear-jerking scene at the end I of the season. I think everybody from Game of Thrones has withdrawn their uh, avail- like a, 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 a yeah. availability to be nominated ever since the guy who flashed his bits at Cersei didn't get nominated. That was a crime. Yeah. If Margot Martindale can win for Best Guest Actor every year for being it's on the screen like for two minutes. It's kind of like a West Virginia coal miner strike. They're just like, nobody crosses this picket line. That guy's ding-dong deserves some <laughs> hardware. I think I speak for everyone in America and in Croatia when I say that. <laughs> Okay, but so back to best, 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 back to this category, best actor drama. There is no one uh, favorite. There is no one safe consensus pick. Kyle Chandler is beloved by the Emmys. One for Friday Night Lights. I don't think people like Bloodline. I'm sorry, Tate. I, I just like feel Bloodline. like, I, but nobody likes Bloodline season two. Yeah, everyone loves Kyle Chandler, but he's not going to win for the show. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. I think people love him and they love this performance, but I think the show isn't as big of a deal as Breaking Bad or as AMC wants it to be. I don't think he wins here. I want Matthew Reese to win. I think it's an incredible performance. Uh, but hear, hear me out here. I know we both think that Rami Malek actually has an inside track to be the, the first outside winner of the whole evening. Yeah. It would be surprising. That performance is amazing. But I think, and I think enough people have such a good opinion of it that he's going to win. This is your worst take. But I am afraid of something here. <laughs> I sp- I'm speaking not as a TV Are fan. Are you afraid critic. of the fixer? I am afraid <laughs> of Liev Schreiber winning this category. Now, no disrespect to Liev Schreiber. Yeah. Nobody broods like Liev Schreiber. Nobody carries the weight of a Nobody thousand Nobody narrates universes. hard knocks like Liev Schreiber. Well, that's true, too. But he's not nominated for that, unfortunately. <laughs> that's a snub. Here's the thing about Ray Donovan. I don't know anybody who says that it's good, uh-huh. but moms love Ray Donovan. But do moms vote for Emmys? Moms, and I mean moms with love, because we love our moms. Everyone loves their mom. A mom, in this case, isn't someone's mother. A mom is the same person that puts Downton Abbey down for, you know, in the, when they're yeah. trying to get the nominations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a safer TV viewer, someone who wants a different kind of experience, who wants to be cradled in Liev Schreiber's leathery mitts. And I just feel like, you looking down this list, someone's going to check his name here, and it's going to be an upset. You're projecting. I, I think you want to be cradled in his leathery mitts. I cert- I, listen, I've shaken hands with him, and yeah. I lost my hand in the universe of his palm. I'm just saying this, 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 this weekend's Emmys are kind of a battle between the old Emmys and the new Emmys. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. And, we, and it could go category by category. And I think watch this category to see which direction we're going. And if Rami Malek wins, it's going one way. If Liev Schreiber, it's express lane to the past. I love that. That's incredible fortune telling. All right. Best actress in a drama. The nominees are Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. Claire Danes for Homeland. Taraji P. Hemsen for Empire. Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black. Carrie Russell for The Americans. And Robin Wright for House of Cards. Uh, let me just make my small argument here. Carrie Russell deserves this award. She's mm-hmm. deserved it for the last three years. I think her performance is truly astonishing. I think a lot of people thought she was doing one thing in the beginning. I mean, for me, you know this. You've heard this. I think the Americans, just as long-form storytelling and long-form acting, it's not like anything else on TV. She, season one, she began like an ice pick. I'm going to do a weird metaphor here. She's actually kind of like an iceberg because she's slowly, a lot below the surface. She's she's, melting? She's slowly melting. Is she going to sink a boat too? I think there's going to be a boat. Yeah. I think it's going to be, what was the submarine called in the hunt for Red October? Was it called the, the Red, Red October? October. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be crossover coming. Would that, would that get you to watch I would watch the Americans if that happened. If Sean Connery drove a boat to suburban Washington, D.C. in 1984, would you watch the show? Yeah, he's like, one ping for target. That's not Sean Connery's accent. Um, in the same regard, I would also like to see Robin Wright win this. I've really enjoyed her over the last few seasons on House of Cards. And as the show has gone on, her character has... 
uh, taking on more and more of a, a like sort of Lady Macbeth Is it kind of role. Possible to admire a performance but hate it at the same time. Do you hate Robin Wright's performance? I, I really, She's also a style icon. She by the is. Way. Yeah, she is. And speaking of ice picks, you could definitely break up some cubes with with her chin bone, her, <laughs> like her, her this part, the clavicle part. Yeah. I, I hate watching that show. I hate watching <laughs> that character, but I think she's astonishing in it. That but I don't want her said, to win. We both think Viola Davis is going to win. I think Viola Davis is going to win this again. Okay, I think best she's, she's actor one of the best actors on TV. In a limited series, this is one of the put your house on this, go go to Vegas, bet it all, bet it all on Courtney B. Vance. This you, is for The People versus O.G. Simpson. He is nominated for playing Johnny Cochran. Other nominees include Tom Hiddleston for The Night Manager, Cuba Gooden Jr. for People versus O.G. Simpson, playing the titular O.J. Simpson. Idris Elba for Luther, Benedict Cumberbatch for Sherlock, and Brian Cranston for All the Way. I know that there are some favorites in there. There are some big names in there. It's a, it's People kind of a would love category. to see those guys up on stage. Courtney B. Vance. It's really interesting that when you read it out loud, those are movie stars this is in that huge, category. This is a huge category. But I, 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 I cannot see this going any other way because it is, this is, there's maybe no better example of TV supremacy at this moment than if you look at this category. Because for a long time, even during the golden age of TV... TV still acted like the redheaded stepchild. No offense to my co-host here. That I have to have hair for that. That, that when movie stars would just show up on TV, they would immediately be showered with awards. Yeah, yeah. Just for deigning to set foot in the lower, the kiddie pool, basically. We are so far past that now, where movie stars are in this category, but Emmy voters are so flush with choices that they can say, these guys, we get how great they are as actors. We're grateful to have them at the party. But Courtney B. Vance, who is not necessarily a household name, gave one of the best performances on TV last year. Maybe the best I think the best performance of last year. It's certainly the most electric, the most exciting, the most inspiring performance. And I think all the people you mentioned, the bigger stars, will stand up and applaud when he wins. Oh, absolutely. Actress in limited series, that's Kirsten Dunst for Fargo, Felicity Huffman for American Crime, Audra McDonald for Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. Sarah Paulson, the People you know, versus O.J. You know, Simpson. They, they added the grill later because people needed something to sop up the alcohol. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, Lily Taylor, American Crime, Kerry Washington, confirmation. Uh, I think we are both in agreement here that Sarah Paulson will win this award. Yeah. But I would like to shout out, as Andy said earlier about Fargo season two. One of the best things about that season was the awesome performance from Kirsten Dunst. The return of Kiki. Kiki, man, she really killed it. She, you betcha. She was great. This is an example of Fargo almost getting punished for having such a deep bench. Yeah. So many great performances last season. Um, I, I wish Jesse Plemons. Ted yeah. Danson, I wish it got nominated. Bokeem Woodbine. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we didn't even get into snubs, but I would have put him up there. Yeah. But, you know, I think Sarah Paulson, universally admired always as an actor, never, I don't know if she was always my favorite performer. This was my favorite Sarah Paulson performance ever. She took just She's like... She's due, too, right? She, but she hasn't won for American Horror Story. I think she probably has won for American Horror has Story. Has she? But okay. I can't believe you... We weren't going to get through this without any oh, fact checks. No. <laughs> I think... Um, I, I think that Sarah Paulson and Courtney B. Vance did things that are really, really rare, really, really hard to do, which is take very familiar figures from the public record and imbue them with a complete inner life and make them seem like new people we've never seen before. Yeah. Well, let's get to Best Actor in Comedy. The nominees are... Uh, so we both think... Sarah Paulson's going Paulson. Yeah. Uh, best Actor Comedy, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, mm. Aziz Ansari for Master of None, Will Forte for The Last Man on Earth, William H. Macy for Shameless, Tom, Thomas Middleditch for Silicon Valley, Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. This is pretty much Jeffrey Tambor's to lose. I agree. It's hard for me to argue that he shouldn't win. No, I think Jeffrey Tambor will win. I think he should win. I think it's worth noting that maybe we're, we, like Emmy voters, are bringing a certain kind of comedy versus drama prejudice exactly. to this category. I think a lot of the people that you mentioned give terrific comedic performances. I don't know if I would call them 
acting performances yeah, in the same way. Exactly. I mean, Aziz Ansari is terrific in a show that he wrote himself to be basically to his strengths. That's more or less a yeah. More or less right. an autobiographical character. Um, you know, I, I think Anthony Anderson is doing great, great, great sitcom work. He's funny. He's engaging. He's wonderful on that show, and the show you know orbits around him. Ditto Will Forte in a very different direction. But none of them. It's not a slight to say none of them are doing what Jeffrey Tambor is doing. It's because none of them are being asked to do what sure. he's doing. Yeah. Uh, for Best Actress for a Comedy, we've got Ellie Kemper for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep, Laurie Metcalf for Getting On, which you met- mentioned earlier, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Amy Schumer for Inside Amy Schumer, and Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie. This is also kind of secretly a murderer's row. I mean, Fantastic. Yeah. Ellie Kemper, by the way, just a shout out, is so good on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The show is impossible without her and is built around her and she's terrific and she's not going to win. Right. Because let's be honest, this is category should just be named the best Julia Louis-Dreyfus in a leading role. It's hard for me to imagine anyone else winning this award while Veep is on the air. Me either. It, it is, she is one of, if not the greatest comedic actress of our time in what is quickly becoming now her, I would say, her signature role. Which is insane when you think about what else she's been on. Uh, it's really, it's really shocking. I, 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 I hate saying this. She, any year she's up for this role, she probably deserves it. So when I say that I kind of want someone else to win, it's only because you want some fresh blood. And I feel like Tracy Ellis Ross is enormously overlooked on Blackish. I think she's secretly the glue that makes that show work. And it would be great to see her win. Um, but she's not going to right. because Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to win. So we've gone through the nominees. We've gone through all the uh, major acting and, and show categories. Yeah. Um, what is the thing that people are going to be talking about on Monday, the day after. What's the major takeaway from this show? I think the major takeaway from this show will be the live show that you and I are doing after the Emmys, where people are just like, I can't believe those guys got all their picks right and were so charming and funny in suits after the show. Right. But th- other than that, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, think the, I think we'll just be... The, the, the argument I made before, whether this is pointing TV's way forward or clinging to the past is basically mm-hmm. going to be the is going to be the storyline. And I, I worry that just the handing out of the awards, the awards like the one we have on our table here, are going to obscure the real work that was done in the nominations. If the takeaway on Monday morning is Game of Thrones repeats, Veep repeats, Julia Reed dreyfus repeats, um, HBO dominant once again, yeah. it, would be a mis- it would be easy to walk away from the Emmys being like, well, it's just the same old, same old. Um, but I don't think that's the correct takeaway. I think the real takeaway is in the nominations that we're talking about. I think that TV has never had less of a consensus about what's good, but it's also never had so much that's good. Yeah. And I really think it's worth crediting It's a really high floor right now. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think it's really worth crediting the fact that, unlike the other industries we've talked about who give out awards, other than Downton Abbey, like, if you, go, if you watch the Grammys, like, Rye Cooter is going to win a Grammy. Sure, right. And I love me Cooter. I love me some Cooter. <laughs> but Downton Abbey is as close as we get to Rye Cooter in this year's Emmys. Everything else feels a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting. I think everybody's going to go home talking about OJ. I think we'll look back and we'll just be like it was the year of OJ. It was OJ's year at the Emmys. And I think actually, if it hasn't already, and we've talked about this John Bonet shows that are coming on, that the uh, rip from the headlines murder mystery is going to become a major thing that gets produced over the next two years. We saw that with Homeland a few years ago with the explosion of... Um, espionage shows that came out usually about like a woman who was you know possibly in a lot of whiteboards yeah and there was just like a lot of like there, there was that show with Katherine Heigl we're mm-hmm. still getting shows like Quantico we're just, so there, the, you, there's a copycat town and you'll see people imitate I think right now somewhere in in production studios in in, in Hollywood studios there is somebody literally like just paging through newspapers looking oh. for a sensational murder mystery that Absolutely. they can then rebuild into a show because think about it as the logical conclusion of where we've been headed for a few years with um, exploitable IP, things that people know yeah. something about going in. 
So that's why you have all those superhero shows on TV now and only getting more in the next few months. That's why Sherlock gets made again and again. Um, the, the, the logical conclusion of that thinking is, well, what else do, do people already know going in? Well, things ripped from news and ripped from the headlines. And I think the other reason why that exists is because you cannot put someone in the room in the bottom floor of an agency and say, bring me another Atlanta. Yeah, bring right. me another Master of None. Because those come... Those are personality-based. Those are personality-based, yeah. and they come fully sprung from people with very strong opinions and a really deep understanding of a world and of their own artistic intentions. You can't mass-reproduce that. But an American crime story, well, they write those every day. Let me put you on the spot. I, I'm on, we're on camera. Let's say we are sitting here in 2017. We're still here? Yeah, it's just, just for... for just <laughs> sure, that's nice. Um, okay. What show are we talking about going into the Emmys in 2017? Boy, that's a really good question. I, I I want to say that we're talking about some of the shows that we are talking about this year, but maybe they're, you know, they're 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 favorites this time. Yeah. I want to say the Americans are still in the conversation, and, and Mr. Robot and Master of None and Transparent and these shows that have become favorites are continuing to build on what they've done. But I want to say this uh, as guilelessly as I can. I don't know if we know because if the Emmys are getting more nimble and adapting to things as they come out and willing to embrace new television shows. Netflix and Amazon particularly, and to a lesser degree Hulu, are making so many shows yeah. so fast. You could literally do a Netflix Awards that nominated yes. shows and left other Netflix shows out. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think if you think about the phenomenon on TV of 2016 so far was Stranger Things on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I don't think Stranger Things was on anybody's radar two weeks before it premiered. And honestly, I hope that it's still on people's radar when the Emmy nominations come out a year from now. Yeah. But we don't know that it is. So the turnover is so great and so fast. And so that makes it a little tough to play um, guessing games and it makes it exciting to be a viewer of TV. Yeah, I think that shows like Atlanta will be in the mix. And it'll be interesting because I do believe that Game of Thrones will air after the Emmy's eligibility next That's year. That's a great point. So there will be two drama spots if there's no Downton and there's no Thrones. There will be two holes there for, dra for drama, and it'll be interesting to see what steps up and Especially gets the nomination. Especially as the talent and the interest and the quality migrates to the other two Absolutely. categories, yeah. what's going to fill in. And the bigger question is, if Game of Thrones isn't nominated, the Game of Thrones after show might not be eligible next year either. So, you know, we probably shouldn't get tuxedos yet. <laughs> is that true? I, I did put a down payment on mine, and it's not refundable. That's too bad. And you did get the green Scottish tartan cummerbund. But I know a guy. Old... Maybe I can trade it for a samurai sword or something. I don't know. So thanks for watching our Emmys preview. You can listen to The Watch on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Just subscribe to The Watch. Andy and I will be back on Sunday night on Facebook.com slash Ringer. Live. We'll be doing a post-show live after the Emmys from right here in the After the Throne studio. Until Sunday night, man. Uh, bring your tux. I'll bring my tux. You were snubbed, Baranski! Baranski!